Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Dispatch from the Zombie Apocalypse. I hope everybody is doing great as we gear up for the Thanksgiving holidays here. Uh, I don't want to get into all the nonsense white mythology around Thanksgiving, but suffice to say, I don't buy it. But it's a nice holiday for gathering with friends and family and having a little... You know, time out, time off, and uh, breaking bread on some good vegan fare to celebrate, you know, the end of the year. So this episode is entitled, Thank You, Nancy, Again. And Nancy here is, of course, Nancy Pelosi, uh, the House Majority Leader for the Democrats. I did an episode in praise of Nancy Pelosi a while back given what an absolute badass dynamo she is. But it's time for a reprise because she has really added to her stellar reputation and record in these last few months since Biden was inaugurated. In the next segment, I'm going to focus on the passage of the Build Back Better bill in the House. But first, I want to comment on her handling of the January 6th commission which really doesn't get the attention it deserves and will likely be historic when the full repercussions are kind of assessed. So as a refresher, the GOP originally agreed to a bipartisan deal for the commission that would have likely made it into a circus with traitorous Republicans who are actually sympathetic to the insurrection on the commission tasked with investigating it. The Democrats wanted to go along and make it bipartisan because it's such a serious thing, having an insurrection and a coup and the violence in the Capitol. So they really wanted to put this bipartisan kind of valence on it. In addition, in the original agreement, the Republicans would have had to sign off on any subpoenas. So this meant if they wanted to subpoena Bannon or you know Mark Meadows, Trump's former chief of staff, they would have had to get Republican support. And so this means that no one serious would have been compelled to testify because, of course, the Republicans would never have tried to get the people who were really behind the insurrection. So it would have been a complete and utter shit show. I think the Democrats would have done their best to get to the bottom of things. They would have had more power being in the majority. But the way the commission was originally formed, it would have been pretty much a circus and a shit show. If the leaders of the Republican Party had half a brain, no, let me say that, a quarter of a brain, they would have been salivating at the opportunity to be sitting with at basically equal power in a commission, you know, investigating their own misdeeds and treasonous activities. Again, it's like the, you know, it's like a commission investigating a crime where half the people on the commission are the criminals. They would have been loving that. But Kevin McCarthy the absolute tool and fool he is, the minority leader for the Republicans in the House, nominated some of the worst MAGA traitors, including Jim Jordan, to serve on it, and sent that list to Pelosi. This was basically a direct fuck you at Pelosi. Like, I'm going to own you, Pelosi. I'm going to send full-on traitor insurrectionist MAGA 
to the committee and I dare you to do something about it. What's amazing is that at that moment, many commentators across media thought that she was going to go along with it. The talking heads were basically saying things like it would really be out of the norm to deny the minority leader's request. So she's just going to have to go ahead and take it, even though it's going to make a mockery of the whole commission, which, of course, was the whole point. But defying the pundits and the talking head idiots, Pelosi said, fuck you, right back to McCarthy and denied the most heinous members of the committee. So she said, you can have a couple of these members, but not Jim Jordan and these other traitors. She even allowed a member, one of McCarthy's picks, who had voted against certifying the election. He wasn't a full-on MAGA cultist, but he, you know, was, in my view, a straight-out traitor since he had after, remember, this is after the insurrection, after the Capitol had been ransacked, people dead, he still voted against certifying it. But she said, I'll throw you a bone. I'll give you this guy. But... What little of there is of McCarthy's manhood was too insecure to take what he could get, right? Because he would have had to kind of accept her terms. So he trashed the whole committee and said, no deal. We don't want this biased committee. And so that is exactly what the Pelosi and the Democrats wanted. And he walked right into their trap like the absolute idiot that he is. And then in another master stroke, Pelosi nominated Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger Kinzinger, for the committee, making it bipartisan, but with Republicans who hate McCarthy and who want to get to the truth. This caused McCarthy to strip Cheney of her committee assignments, and it showed the GOP for what it truly is, a MAGA cult, right? Because Liz Cheney is about as conservative as they come. So if she's too conservative for you, remember, she voted for Trump in 2020. She was on the Trump train, but finally it was too much for her when it was a straight out insurrection. And so if you're saying, if you're the minority leader of the Republicans saying Liz Cheney is not conservative enough, we're going to strip her of her committees, you're in true cuckoo land. And that's clear for everyone to see. So again, could have been a bipartisan committee with the Republicans having almost 50% of the power, making it a complete circus. Pelosi dashed that got McCarthy to bail on the whole committee, and then she still made it bipartisan, but with the exact Republicans you want, the ones at least on this issue have, who have integrity. And what's really interesting is, you know, Liz Cheney clearly hates McCarthy. I mean, she wants to get to the bottom of this and show up the Trump cult. She hates Trump. She hates McCarthy. She That red line was finally crossed. I mean, again, I disagree with Liz Cheney on 95% of things, But clearly a red line was crossed and she has it out for them. So having her as the bulldog in in charge of this committee is incredible. And the committee is proceeding apace with key subpoenas, including the criminal charges that they issued against Bannon and I think soon against Mark Meadows. Um, And so they're doing serious work. They've already interviewed over 150 people. And I'm pretty sure that their report, whenever it comes out, remember, they have at least a year to finish it because even if the, the Republicans take, you know, the House in November, you know, 2022, they don't take the, you know, they don't take the gavel until January 2023. So they have over a year. And this report is going to be incredibly damning. And I think it may very well likely lead to some criminal prosecutions. I mean, we will see. Fingers crossed. Again, I'm under no illusion, you know, that this is going to bring Trump down and his cabal to justice and get them what they deserve nor that it will 
sway the hardcore MAGA zombies, right? Any hardcore zombie is not going to go, oh, wow, that bipartisan commission showed that Trump's a true traitor and insurrectionist. I'll, I won't support him anymore. Of course not. But it will have an effect on a small sliver of the electorate. And at a time when everything, every election is a game of inches, every inch matters. And again, remember, having two hardcore conservative Republicans on the committee who are going to get up there and give speeches and go on talk shows when this report comes out saying it's true is going to really neutralize McCarthy and McConnell and Trump's nonsense that this is all just a partisan witch hunt. It just When you have Republicans of their credibility on it, you can't get away with that. So to summarize, Pelosi deftly caused the GOP to choose the worst possible outcome and gave the commission the best possible odds to do credible work that can impact the electorate and lead to at least some justice and accountability for the insurrectionists and traitors in the Trump administration. This was a pure masterstroke, and Pelosi is the original gangster. So after the break, I'll come back on the legislation, build back better, and actually a little stuff looking back at 2020. Original gangster. Ten years ago, I used to listen to rappers flow, talking about the way they rock the mic at the disco. I liked how that stuff was going down. Dreamt about ripping the mic with my own sound. So I tried to write rhymes something like them. My boy said, that ain't you, Ike. That stuff sounds like them. So I sat back, thought up a new track. Didn't fantasize, kicked the pure facts. All the suckers got scared because they was unprepared. Who would tell it how it really was? Who dared? A young brother from the West Coast, L.A. South Central, fool, where the Crips and the Bloods play. When I wrote about parties, it didn't fit. Yeah, that's it. OG, original gangster. Okay, so moving to the present, on last Friday, the House of Representatives passed the Build Back Better bill, which included over $550 billion for climate investments. It expanded the child tax credit. It provides money for universal pre-K, expansions of Obamacare to those MAGA zombie states that have not expanded Medicaid, so for the poor people in the states of Texas and Florida and other Republican states, they'll get health care. It also expands Medicare. I think it provides uh, hearing benefits, because right now Medicare doesn't have hearing benefits, and many other great things. All of it paid for by increasing taxes on the rich and on uh, corporations. So a great, incredible bill. It still, of course, needs to pass the Senate, but getting it done the way she did was, again, genius. So remember, for many months, progressives said they would only sign the bipartisan infrastructure bill that passed two weeks ago if the Senate first passed the Build Back Better bill. And these are the progressives in the House. This is Nancy's caucus. And the reason they did that is they knew they would lose leverage, right? If they passed the bipartisan infrastructure bill, then Manchin and Sinema and other senators could say, hey, we're done. We're not going to go ahead with that you know, build back better, right? Because that's what they really wanted the most. And so progressives were holding out, holding out, holding out. But it's, it became clear. And the Democrats were getting, you know, really hammered in the media, hammered in the polls. And then, of course, lost that Virginia race in the, in the governor race a few weeks ago. And, and it was clear that Manchin and Cinema in the Senate weren't going along with that. And they were willing to crash Biden's whole agenda. So Pelosi stepped up. And she convinced the progressives to go ahead and vote for the bipartisan infrastructure bill. 
giving her word that she would then soon after pass the, the, the bill back better and that the Senate would come through. The progressives went along with it, um, most of them at least. I'll get to that in a second. The bill passed, and then she came through and passed the bill back better two weeks later, like she said, with assurances still from Chuck Schumer in the Senate and Biden that um, it's going to get through the Senate. Now, again, it might get whittled down. It might be some things progressives really want that are going to get taken out. But something big and really historic will get passed through the Senate. Now, again, it hasn't happened yet, but Pelosi has done her part, right? If, if it doesn't happen at this point, I think it's something that was out of her hands because, you know, it's people who are going to backstab and betray. And, you know, she's not, she's not a magician here. So she did her part. And only one Democrat in, in the caucus voted against it. Um, that was a swing Democrat. And this is for the Build Back Better. This was a swing Democrat um, from a you know, district that very well might go against him in 2022, who even he said he'd vote for the final bill if a few checks changes were made. Because the bill has to go to the Senate now. They're going to change it, vote for it, and then that version will come back to the House for a final vote before it goes to Biden's desk. And so to get that kind of unity on something this massive and contentious is amazing, right? So she got every single Democrat to vote for it except one and even that one said, when it comes back, if a few tweaks were made, I'll vote for it. So if all goes well, when it comes back to the House, uh, we could literally get every single Democrat to vote for it. Again, amazing caucus unity. Now, she even did one thing on, in addition to that. She added four weeks of paid family leave into the House version of the Build Back Better bill. Manchin really wanted this out. Progressives fought for it. So she threw it in there. Now, it might get stripped out of the Senate bill, but she kept her word. She put it in and she's making one last ditch effort to get it done. Right. She didn't give up. Right. That is like grit and determination. Now, let's go back a couple weeks to that bipartisan infrastructure bill that she got passed that, again, the progressives didn't want to pass until the Senate had passed Build Back Better. But she got she convinced them on her word and on, you know, and saying that she would go ahead and, you know, this was the sequence that would make sense. It's important to note that six progressives didn't vote for the bill. So the progressive caucus is about 90 odd members. And clearly, if 90 of them had voted against it, the bill would have gone down in flames. Six didn't do it. But the, the, the Democratic margins are so small in the House that Pelosi needed at least a few Republicans for, to vote for. It. And 13 of them actually did. So again, Bipartisan bill passed in the House, mostly Democratic votes. But if all the Republicans had kept unity and zero of them had voted, it would have failed because of those six progressives. So this means that the House version was also bipartisan, which gives it credibility in the eyes of the public. And not only was it bipartisan, but Republicans helped to get it over the finish line. It wasn't that there was enough Democratic votes and then a few Republicans added on. Is that Republicans actually helped it get passed. Without them, it wouldn't have gotten passed. This is brilliant for a number of reasons, right? First off, how did Nancy know she had Republican votes, right? It makes McCarthy, the House Minority Leader, look like an absolute fool that his own caucus helped Nancy Pelosi, the liberal boogeyman for boogie woman from liberal San Francisco, pass a major win for Biden in the country. It just makes him look like a fool. She had her caucus almost all together more than he did in his in the opposition. And of course, the GOP is going ballistic on those three Republicans who voted for the bipartisan infrastructure bill, which is great, 
right? Nothing better than watching Republicans destroy each other. That is a gift that keeps on giving, right? So everybody in the media likes to talk about Democrats and disarray and Democrats, the Big Ten. It's so hard to get them together. There are these 13 Republicans who voted for a bill for roads and bridges and broadband for rural constituencies. That's like the hardcore MAGA base are getting pillared. They're getting called traitors. They're being threatened with primaries. I mean, it's just incredible. And again, great look for the Democrats to show that, wait up, you vote for roads and bridges and broadband and you get labeled a traitor in that party? And, you know, hey, if they get primary, that just means it's going to be crazier MAGA people, which means there's a greater chance the Democrats can hold, you know, win those seats. It also helps that the bipartisan infrastructure bill is incredibly popular with the public. So all good, all win on that one. It's pretty much almost impossible to imagine Pelosi having done a better job navigating those two bills. This was just simply a master class. Now, before ending this segment... I want to remind us about the regressive stuff that was passed during the pandemic in 2020 under Agent Orange that Pelosi was directly responsible for. So just again, a a little refresher. Once the pandemic was really getting underway and the American economy was getting, you know, trashed and shut down, you know, the Congress under a Republican president and a Republican Senate passed trillions of dollars in stimulus. You might be kind of scratching your head like, hey, how did that happen under a Republican? These are the small government people. Pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Well, McConnell in the Senate knew he had to pass some big bills. The economy was cratering and clearly Trump would lose and he would probably lose the Senate if the economy was completely in the doldrums and in a depression because of the pandemic. But he is such a bad legislator. He has no under, you know, no interest no skill at governing, he basically just passed it off to Pelosi. And people don't forget this. He basically said, hey, let the Democrats come up with something and we'll vote for it. So literally in the biggest crisis of, you know, the last century, the a Republican president and a Republican Senate leader, remember, they had the executive and one of the two branches of the, of the legislature of Congress, all, Pelosi just had the House. It's all the Democrats had, said, we'll let Pelosi write the bills. Now, of course, they, 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 you know, cut back on some things and they had some input. But basically, Pelosi and the Democrats in the House wrote the bills, which is why we got such big stimulus, huge checks, helps to, for state and local governments. So a lot of these states are in surplus now instead of being in deficit. And so, you know, Pelosi just crafted amazing packages that really helped America. America, as bad as the economy is in some ways in terms of you know, um, you know, people still not feeling great and parts closed and the pandemic still raging. The actual unemployment numbers, very low. The um, people's wealth and bank account and savings, very, very good, especially relative to the rest of the world, even relative to Europe, which has much stronger safety nets. I mean, we really did a pretty good job of doing the economic stimulus, all things considered. And that was pretty much all Pelosi. So she um, really you know, helped America prevent a full-on depression. Um, So that's all in the day's work for our very own congressional superhero, Nancy Pelosi. And I'll come back with the antidote after the break.
Okay, so for today's antidote, I just want to make a couple quick observations, right? When you're powerful and successful, a lot of people come at you and try to, you know, try to trash you. That's just kind of the nature of success and power. And when your success is based on progressive policy victories and progressive values, the haters going to hate big time. They're going to be vile, sexist, racist, and obscene because there's nothing the right wing of white supremacy hates more than seeing progressives win. And when that progressive is a woman from San Francisco, you can bet they're going to bring you know, the vileness notched up to 11 on the dial. And remember, the more animated they are, it's because of winning, right? The more haters hate, it's because you're winning. And that is all about Nancy's story. Big winning and then a lot of invective directed at her by the losers. She is such a badass who has more power and integrity in her toenail than the entire Republican caucus. So yes, of course, haters going to hate. It's what they do. But the same is true, I want to say, for you and your values and your vision and your work. Be bold and drive change, knowing that you will ultimately be judged by your actions and impacts while the haters will end up in the dustbin of history where they belong. So with that, everybody, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you are, please share it with family, friends, and colleagues. Rate it. Uh, Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. Have a great holiday break. Give thanks. Let's get Build Back Better over the finish line soon. So one of these next episodes, I can talk all about that. I just can't wait. So again, stay safe. Be well.